With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Oh, we thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl and the commercials and whatever fanfare uh, you had over the course of the weekend. Boy, it's hard to believe we're now less than a week from FanFest, just over a week until we officially start spring training. But I guess spring training has begun for some. Uh, many of the guys with the Rays are down in Port Charlotte, including Kevin Cash already. So joining us now on our podcast is Senior Vice President Haim Bloom. He's still in the offices. So Haim, we appreciate a few minutes. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Uh, we are still in the office. We uh, we still have a lot of work left to do before spring training, but it's exciting uh, to see so many of our players and staff ready to roll. We're, we'll get to some of the work that you guys have left to do, but the fact that you guys already have guys down in spring training and it appears that you know a decent core of guys or are on schedule, are, are kind of where they need to be at this time of year? Yeah, for sure. This is uh, always a time when everybody's optimistic, but that said, it doesn't necessarily mean that all the news is going to be good and thus far you know we've been fortunate that uh, we've been very pleased with how guys have looked uh, whether we've seen them by going out to visit them or whether they've already shown up here and we've gotten to see uh, you know the shape that they're in and how they look let's touch on three of those guys because I, I think in different ways they can all be important I mean first Matt Duffy he would seem to be the lead guy in terms of going to third base to begin the year because he's done it before and done it very well and then Kristen Arroyo who's coming back from uh, injury too and Jose de Leon who certainly there were high hopes for before he again was was kind of bit by the injury bug last year no doubt. And those are, uh, as you mentioned, three key guys for us. And uh, we certainly, you know, there's been obviously a lot of talk about the nature, the sort of boomer bust nature of our offense. And, uh, you know, Duffy's profile as a hitter is very different from a lot of our, our guys in that he's a contact hitter. And we missed him last year. And, um, you know, he has not arrived back in uh, Florida yet. But Joe Benj, our head athletic trainer, went out to visit him uh, and see him working out and, uh, you know, was really pleased with what he saw. Uh, you know, last year there were a couple of attempts to come back, and not until the very end did he look like he was really healthy and really progressing. Everything this winter looks good. Uh, we know we're going to have to watch it with him in spring. He's missed an entire year, uh, and his progression is going to have to be a little different from everybody else's just in terms of making sure that he's able to be on his feet as much as spring training requires. And uh, we expect uh, that he will be fully healthy and fully ready to go on opening day. Obviously, we're going to take things as they come with Matt. Uh, it's been a frustrating process, but we're pretty optimistic. And how about the other two I mentioned, Christian Arroyo and Jose De Leon? I know Arroyo, obviously a local, and Jose, who, you know, obviously a, a lot was going on with his family down in Puerto Rico, who spent a lot of time up here recently. Yeah, and Christian, as you mentioned, uh, being from around here, we've seen a lot of him since the trade. Very, very impressive young man. Just really uh, carries himself uh, very well, well beyond uh, his years. Uh, extremely well-spoken and obviously impressive on the field. And we've started to be able to see a little bit of that up close because uh, he did, as um, most of our listeners will know, he did have uh, you know, an injury last season that required a, a surgery uh, this this winter, and uh, he just got cleared last month to start swinging a bat, and so he's been on a progression with that. He is really raring to go. At this point, we're having to hold him back 
because uh, he wants to take more swings, and we want to make sure that we do this on the right pace so that he's ready to go. He's another guy that uh, will probably have to uh, take it a little more slowly with him. The goal is not necessarily for him to be ready to go on February 23rd when we start games, but to be ready for, to go uh, you know, a month and change after that when uh, the lights come on. And that's really our end goal, and we're very confident he's going to be able to reach that. And then Jose de Leon, who, again, um, a, a lot was going on, understandably, with Maria. He spent a lot of time trying to help family, friends get back on track, and I've spoken to him briefly, and you know, he seems to th- be real happy with the way things are back home now for his family. Yeah, and uh, you know what uh, what people have been going through in Puerto Rico uh, is unimaginable, and just the devastation on the island and the difficulties, uh, you know, given given uh, the situation there and getting up and running, uh, have probably uh, I think been been tougher than a lot of people realize, and of course that's affected him and his family greatly. And you pile that on top of all the injury issues that he had this past year, and it was a really tough year for him. Uh, but he's been back uh, now in Florida since mid January. Uh, throwing bullpens with our staff, uh, and he looks good. Uh, he's in a great uh, frame of mind, and our staff have been really impressed uh, seeing him. Obviously, 2017 was kind of a lost year for him, and we're hoping uh, that he can uh, get back on the track that we anticipated him being on. You mentioned uh, Joe Benge going out to see Matt Duffy, and uh, Mark Topian reported over the weekend that he wasn't the only one who uh, was picking up the frequent flyer miles. Uh, Kyle Snyder went out and saw a good number of the, the, the potential starting pitchers uh, on the staff. Why was that important? Does it have to do more with it being his first year or guys he wasn't familiar with or just building relationships? Give us kind of a feel into how that trip, those trips came about. You know, I think it was some combination of all those. And in some cases, you know, Kyle, uh, and he did kind of make a a tour of the United States seeing all the guys that weren't already here. Um, And some of those guys, you know, you talk about like a Blake Snell or a Jake Faria. These are guys that he has very close relationships with. So it wasn't just about building relationships, but I think it was just about wanting these guys to to be able to see him in a scenario that is a little more individual, uh, get a look at where they were coming into camp, kind of get in front of it. You know, that's the type of person Kyle is above everything. And, you know, he's... He's a brilliant pitching mind, but above everything for him is the relationship with the individual. Everything stems from that, and uh, cementing that relationship and, and growing that relationship is his top priority. And you've got a group now of guys that he can continue to build down in Port Charlotte this week before formally spring training starts. How, how nice is it to see some guys already down in Port Charlotte? I know Kevin's down there. I know Kyle will be there several times um, to, to monitor, but also engage. Well, it shows you how excited they are for the season and how excited they are for our group. And, and we are, too. And I think, you know, the off season uh, is becoming less and less of an off season in a lot of ways. Guys now, uh, you know, as opposed to generations ago, guys come in spring training really ready to go. And uh, you can see that by the fact that a lot of them are coming in early. We've had a lot of programs with our minor leaguers down there all winter where we've had dozens and dozens of guys coming in uh, for different offseason programs. And it's a combination of us wanting to do everything we can to help them in their growth and also our players just showing us how much they care about their craft. Danny Echeverria, I don't know when he'll be down in spring training, but his arbitration case was resolved over the weekend. Give us your take on it. I know he won the arbitration case, um, and obviously that kind of really nothing more than determines what his salary will be for 2018. That's exactly it. Uh, There's never anything personal from our standpoint with these hearings. Um, You know, there's a reason that we have hearings sometimes. It's because sometimes you just have a disagreement with the other side on what the appropriate salary is. Most of those salaries, in fact, really all of them are determined based on trying to use historical comparables 
you know, compare the player to, to, to similar type players and just see what the appropriate salary or the appropriate raise is. Uh, in this case, we had a difference of opinion with uh, Danny's representation, and uh, we weren't able to resolve it. And it's the type of thing where, you know, we're glad there's a process in place that uh, – allows a third party to do it. Obviously, you know, we believed in uh, in our view of the world and would have liked to have won the hearing. Uh, but the main thing is we're glad that uh, that's behind us and now we can all just worry about the season. And you've got one more with Jay Cotarizzi, I guess, on the 12th. Um, so that is, what, about a week away from now, uh, right before pitchers and catchers formally get started. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you're, you'd be happy to be beyond that as well. But the one thing we aren't beyond is the fact that nothing is moving, uh, whether it's free agents, not a whole lot of movement on the trade front. Do you see anything starting to break or crack? I mean, I mean, here we are. We're a week from game starting. Uh, not games, but workouts formally starting. Every time I think that we're, we're about to see a whole slew of moves, it seemed to you know continue just kind of trickling out. Uh, I would expect that as we get closer to camp, uh, more and more things will happen because I think both clubs and players would like to see some kind of resolution before camp open, camp open, so that you know you know who you have and players know where they are. And I you know mentioned in the past kind of the toll on their families too for not knowing. Um, it's definitely been a unique winter. Uh, we've just been trying to, you know, keep our priorities in mind and, and do the right thing for the organization. And uh, the timing of that is not something we always control because, you know, there's other parties to this. There's other clubs. There's players making their own decisions. We just need to be uh, sure that we're prepared whenever the timing is right. Is there more? Here's something I was curious because you look at, I think Matt Wieters is probably a good example. You know, he signed late and he didn't have a great year. Is there more of a concern about injury risk the longer you go into camp without a guy getting in there because you can't get your hands on him um, for, for you guys as a group? Do you want to see, hey, by the time we have games started, we'd like to, we may trade with another team, but we probably are a little wary of bringing in a free agent two, three weeks after camp started? In an ideal world, you would like to have all your players kind of there when camp starts. And that's not just for physical reasons. It's also just, you know, we feel it's really important how our group comes together and how they gel. They get to know each other. And the later somebody comes into camp, the harder it is, you know, for that to happen in in the exact way that you'd like it to. But at the same time, I think most players, especially nowadays, and, you know, certainly a lot of the guys that, uh, you would like to target in these scenarios, they're pretty good at taking care of their bodies. And especially when you're talking about free agents, they've been through this a few times. They know how to get their bodies ready for the season. Obviously, it helps to be able to play games. And at some point, if they're not able to do that, they're not able to get the requisite at-bats, innings, the right buildup. That can affect them. Uh, But most of these guys know how to to prepare themselves appropriately. There are some minor league invites you guys have supplied now to some vets they've been reported out there uh if you want to touch on them a couple of catchers adam moore johnny Manel, uh and i think a couple of pitchers ryan weber a local product who i know is very excited to be part of this organization since he went to games here as a kid uh and forrest snow if i remember right and uh you know another veteran kind of guy who um his, his second foray into the free agent market yeah and uh, you know you're going to see us with a little bit larger camp than we have sometimes had in the past, uh, you know, just because in part we have a split squad on the first day of games. So we got to play two games on day one when guys aren't fully stretched out. And, uh, you know, we, we therefore it makes sense to have more players so we're not overburdening anybody. 
uh, right out of the gate. Now, the advantage to that is it gives us a chance to bring more guys in and take a look at them and get them around our staff. Obviously, we know some things about these players through the work we can do in the office, through what our scouts have seen. In some cases, our player development staffs have seen them as opposing players. But when we get them with our staff and you know think really highly of the guys that we have working with our players, we might be able to make breakthroughs with some of these guys where you see something new and somebody uh, gets on the radar that you might not have anticipated. And you also reward some guys within your organization. You know, I've, I've looked at Twitter. Uh, there's some guys who are getting their first, first major league invite to camp. Uh, I saw in this month, I think it was probably Brett Sullivan, a guy who you had in the fall league. Uh, Jake Cronenworth, who's a guy who finished last year in double-A. Kyle Bird, who was, what, a 34th, 35th round pick at a Flagler College, a local product. Those are among the guys um, I, I think I saw on their, on their Twitter handles who are celebrating, and it is a celebration for them. Yeah, and guys like that, uh, you know, the, the, these are really fun guys to have in our camp. Uh, they all are, but I think particularly for these guys, um, you know, so much coverage uh, comes, you know, to the, the – the top few guys, so to speak, in your system and the guys that are on the in the top 100. And obviously, we're proud of those guys, too. Uh, but we think we have a really deep system with a lot of interesting players who are going to play in the big leagues and uh, have a really good chance to impact us and just to get them around the rest of the group and learning our major league staff, have our major league staff uh, learn them and just see what they pick up. You know, And usually the guys that are in their first big league camp, these guys come in with incredible energy and you just hope that they soak everything up about the environment and that it somehow makes them better. And in a lot of cases it does. Look, I remember Daniel Robertson a couple years ago when you acquired him from Oakland. Again, you kind of honored a, a request by prior organization and I think it probably helped his development overall to just be around guys like Evan and some veterans. And look, Matt Duffy is one of those guys who I'm sure people will look at and hopefully into Danny Echevarria and follow and learn from. Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, that's part of the advantage of it. And obviously you want to make sure that you have opportunity for everybody and you don't have guys there without a chance to play. Uh, but even apart from what goes on on the field during the games, just being around those guys that have been there and done it and being able to pick the brains of guys that have, uh, have uh, you know, made a few more steps on that journey than some of our younger players have, it's got to help them so much because there's only so many things we can prepare them for uh, you know, as as front office or as coaches, that there's some things that I think they learn best maybe from their peers, and in some cases from the peers who are a few steps ahead of them on that journey. Well, we'll get to see them learning from their peers very shortly. We know you have a lot of work still to do. We certainly appreciate some time on our podcast. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. That is Senior Vice President Hyam Bloom joining us on the podcast. Now, this is not our this is not our only podcast of the week. In fact, Dave and Andy will have. Um, our first countdown to opening day show on Thursday night. Uh, and that'll be from six to seven on our flagship and on our network. And then it will be released as a podcast. So you'll be able to hear it if you miss it. So uh, if there are other developments, certainly we'll bring those to you. We certainly expect there will be some over the next um, several days, um, be they on the baseball diamond or otherwise. And uh, as we go, We'll bring them to you. Check out our blog too, raceradio.mlblogs.com. Thanks to Haim for being with us. Thanks to you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.